You are listening to Bear in Mind, the University of Northern Colorado's official podcast. Join us each episode as we listen to the voices from UNC faculty, staff, students, and alumni as they offer insights of local or national importance. This is your host, Dan N. Cox, bringing you just a taste of UNC. My older brother came home with a cassette tape of Aerosmith called Permanent Vacation, and that's a pretty famous album. It's got Ragdoll, and uh, oh, the most famous one on there, I think, is Dude Looks Like a Lady. But there was this tune on the B-side that I really loved called I'm Down. And I would make my brother rewind the tape, and um, he uh, would get really annoyed because you had to rewind the cassette. It's not like a record where you pick up the needle or a CD where you just click the track or an iPod nowadays where you just, you know, can touch a button and get whatever access you want. He had to physically rewind the tape. And because he had to do that so often, the cassette tape wore out. Anyway, my parents, my mother especially, she was a kid in the 60s, so she was a big Beatles fan. Turns out that I'm down was actually written by John Lennon and Paul McCartney. It was recorded as a B-side to their single Help, 1965. So that's how I got introduced to the Beatles, is my mom pulled out her old uh, uh, Beatles single and you know, kind of gave me a taste of what the original tune was. And, and I had no idea that, uh, wow, someone else could sing a song that somebody else wrote and, and performed that in... It just opened my mind to what was on the radio at a very young age. So I've been absorbing everything I can possibly listen to since then. So my number one goal in teaching the history of rock and roll is to get people listening to the music. And I know that seems maybe uh, counterintuitive because people already like rock or, or pop or whatever genre of music. They're listening to it. But what we do in this class is we really listen to the lyrics. Why did the artist write the song? How does the music play into what the song is doing and what was going on in the United States at the time that the song was written? So you can really see the correlation between the socioeconomic and political status of the artists and what they were trying to present to the, the masses through their music. And that's something that's so often lost. I think what's more interesting, instead of talking necessarily about lyrics, is hearing where rock actually came from, okay? And a lot of the rock and roll music that we, we love is based on an African style of music called the blues. And it's a call and response style of music. Um, and it was traditionally in West Africa, you would shroud yourself in indigo dyed um, garments if you were experiencing loss, mourning uh, from for a loved one that had passed away. And if we remember, our, uh, uh, Rainbow, Roy G. Biv, um, indigo falls between blue and uh, violet. So it's sort of a bluish hue. And that's where the term came from. You know, singing the blues is this, uh, you know, this pain that you're experiencing. And it's this call and response. Something's bothering me. Um, what is it that's bothering you? Okay, let me tell you. And it kind of goes back and forth in this kind of uh, three-section thing. And it uses the traditional uh, church chords. I mean, uh, you know, the one, the four, and the five. 
it's like every basic piece of music that's ever been written. But um, I'm going to totally um, futz through some fake Latin here. But every every single Catholic service that's ever existed has been something like this. Plenty sucellia deus in terra pax, and yada yada and such and such. Right. So this is the uh, way that every Catholic service runs. And those three chords coming from that gospel tradition fuse with that style of the blues, this call and response. So you get this um, idea that's I'm, I'm having pain, and you play it in the one. And then, you, and then the response is, why are you having that pain? And that's going to be in the four. And then finally, the admission of the pain is in the dominant, the five. And then it shifts back to the four and back to the one. And that's every piece of blues. Uh, so... The second part of the blues is the same as the first. And then we'll go to the four. The second part of the blues is the same as the first. The call and response. And the third part of the blues is where you explain why it's the worst. Right, so you get the idea of basically every single blues tune that's ever existed. Um, you know, a uh, really good one is a Bo Diddley uh, tune. Before you accuse me, take a look at yourself. Very basic. Before you accuse me, take a look at yourself. You say I'm spending my money on other women. You taking money from someone else. Right? And it's that same thing. So I have a problem. What's the problem? Problem is, you're accusing me of cheating on you, but I know that you're cheating on me, right? So it's, it's again, the lyrics have something into play. That background with the church chords and the set of that blues form really helps to um, push almost every style of rock and roll that comes out. Before you accuse me, take a look at yourself. So my name's Dr. Francis Cook. Before you accuse me. The classes that I teach are MUS 150, that's History of Rock and Roll, um, which is a bit of a misnomer because we talk about all styles of American popular music in that class. And uh, that goes from the 1920s up until uh, about 2005. Uh, they, I play examples of more modern stuff, but um, for all intents and purposes, we kind of have to wait 10 to 15 years to actually see if something has become historically significant. The automobile industry does that. The fashion industry does that. you got to wait 25 years to know if it's a classic or not. Um, so we try to get up to um, just over the 2000s. Um, other classes that I teach are the music theory um, track and aural skills track. That's MUS 113, 114, 115, 116, and MUS 213, 214, 215, and 216. Those are mostly geared towards music majors. Um, so if you have some music background, you know how to read music already, which would be uh, extremely helpful getting into that class. Um, you're encouraged, of course, to explore some of this, but it's a track. You have to start in 13 and 14 before you can move to 15 and 16. Um, and then uh, I also teach them graduate uh, theory review classes. This is um, basically to get the uh, rust out, so to speak. I haven't taken a theory class in a long time, and I'm now starting a master's or a doctoral program. Um, so I kind of give them the the revamp, like we've got to get through all the material, catch you back up, and then now you're ready for graduate study. Um, so I get a good mix of, of people that haven't taken it in anywhere from two years to 30 years.